Was Kitty still on board after all this time? Had she stayed even after Lana left? It's possible that Kitty could have returned to England. Lana tries to picture her riding the tube, with a script in her hand, glossy dark hair loose over her shoulders, her lips painted red. But the image won't form. Not clearly. She knows that Kitty wouldn't have left the yacht, because how could either of them go home after what had happened? It has been eight months since they'd last seen each other, the longest time in their friendship they've ever spent apart. She thinks about Kitty's emails, still sitting unread in her inbox. At first, they came in thick and fast. Then there were gaps, a few days, sometimes a week. Lana began imagining the patterns of the yacht as it sailed through remote island chains, wondering what was happening on board, who Kitty was spending her time with. Eventually, with her head too full of images, she stopped reading the emails, stopped thinking about Kitty. Now a beautiful memory gusts into her thoughts, bright as a kite. She and Kitty, eleven years old, sitting cross-legged on her bedroom floor, plaiting friendship bracelets. This is yours, Kitty had said, holding up a slim cotton bracelet woven with turquoise and yellow threads, Lana's favourite colours. Kitty tied it firmly over Lana's wrist, using her teeth to get the knot in exactly the right position. When Kitty pulled away, there was a small smear of strawberry lip gloss on the back of Lana's wrist. In return, Lana had plaited a pink and white bracelet for Kitty, and the two of them had held their wrists side by side and made the promise, Friends forever. Lana had worn her bracelet for eighteen months, until it had faded and frayed to a dishwater grey. It had eventually snapped in the bath, so she'd hooked it out and dried it over the towel rail. Then she'd put it in her memory box with the photo of her mother. Friends forever, they'd agreed. A guilty heat crawls across Lana's skin as she thinks of that failed promise. She's cut Kitty out of her life, like slicing a bow line and letting a boat drift out to the open ocean. Lana waits desperately for another news bulletin. She needs to hear exactly what's happening out on the water, whether the crew have made it to the life raft whether any of them is injured, but the radio station is playing a soft rock song that comes strumming into her apartment. She paces to the windowsill and snaps off the radio. She stays by the open window. Outside, the morning light is thin and hazy, a salt breeze drifting into the room. She pushes up onto her tiptoes, peering beyond the tree line to where she can glimpse the sea. It's one of the reasons she agreed to rent the apartment, with its cracked wooden floorboards and noisy electric heaters that she has to huddle against in the depths of New Zealand winter to feel any warmth. Now that summer is on its way, she's grateful for the wide windows that let the light flood in, as she sets up her easel in front of them so she can paint before work. She's made a life of sorts here. She has a job, a place to live, an old car... Her days may not be filled with friends and laughter and noise, as they once were, but perhaps it's better this way. Sometimes she thinks of her father back in England, in his tired terraced house, 
spending his evenings alone doing the crossword or watching the news. After all those years of railing against his quiet routines, the irony of how her life has taken on the same lonely rhythm as his hasn't escaped her. She writes to him every couple of months, just brief letters to reassure him that she's safe, but she never includes her address. She's still not ready for that. Lana arrived in New Zealand eight months ago now, stepping from the plane into the start of autumn, shivering in a sun-bleached cotton dress, her salt-matted hair loose over her shoulders. She'd had a backpack on her shoulders and $500 left of her savings. She'd spent that first night in an Auckland hostel, lying on a bunk with her eyes closed, waiting to feel it sway and shudder. If someone had walked into her dorm, laid a hand on her shoulder and asked,